The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. All right, we up and going. Small ball in the building. Sports, 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 jokes, sports, 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 comedy, sports. 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 You got your Philadelphia stuff on already, don't you? Yeah. Randomly. Randomly. As I was putting it on, I was like, oh, this will work. <laughs> you love your dumb Philly. First of all, introduce yourself to the people listening. Uh, it's Big Jay Okerson. Now, I wanted you on because you're not only my family and we're comedians, uh, but I know that you're a huge sports fan. You grew up in Philadelphia. I know uh, that town. I call you know, Philadelphia, Baltimore with electricity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, y'all got a long sports history. I know you got a, a lot of uh, sports stories because you, you went to a lot of games. Did you go to a lot of games growing up as well? I didn't go to a t- I mean, in my teenage years, I started to go more. You had to the- pay for yourself. Your parents wasn't paying for you. Yeah, in the early 90s, my step-pop started taking me to Phillies games, and that in 93 happened to be the year. So very early in my giving a shit about baseball, right? my step-pop uh, started getting me involved in the Phillies, and they went to the World Series. And that was 93 World Series where they lost to the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. Mitch Wild Thing Williams threw a ball right over the plate. Uh, Joe... Not Joe. I keep want to say Joe Clark. What is the fuck? I can't remember his name now. Damn. Who was, who was pitching? On the Blue Jays. No, Mitch Wildthing Williams pitched oh. to Joe. Oh, when Mitch Wildthing was pitching. That's right. Oh, damn it, dude. It'll hit me. It'll hit me. But uh, it was. Do you think uh, and somebody in Hollywood owe uh, Wildthing some money for stealing his name for that movie? Yeah, they really should. Somebody Denise Richards. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he put it right over the thing. And then uh, I'll remember his name. But the guy parked it. And the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series. Mitch Wildthing Williams got so many death threats that night that he didn't come back to Philly ever. He sent for his things and moved to Houston. And uh, and that was it. And that was and then the next year, the Phillies were the worst team in baseball, I think. And they yeah. didn't make the playoffs for 13 years, so I lost my interest in baseball. Lord have mercy. But Completely. you enjoyed going to the games out there. How wild was that, the stadium? What stadium was that that they play in? That was the Vet still. That was still the Vet. Now, I did a commercial at the Vet for really? the NFL. Uh, yeah, way back, uh, like in 2003 or four. Okay. And uh, this was what was still up. It was still going. So, uh, uh, like, the NFL van came and picked me up. <laughs> First of all, nice. grown men go ape shit when they see the NFL van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we was getting pulled over by dudes with his kids in the back, speeding <laughs> to catch the van and try to get free stuff from the NFL. <laughs> Just to be near the van? <laughs> Just to be near the van. I try to get free stuff. Y'all go to football? It's like, dude, you're 40. <laughs> We really <laughs> do. It's, it's weird. I, I say this all the time. Like, I'm a huge Sixers fan. You know that. Yeah. And it is funny. Like the when I first started taking, like over the last few years, I still can't catch a hookup. But over the past few years, I've been paying for a couple games a year to go like sit really close. Yeah. And I know uh, the in-house announcer's name is Matt Cord, and I've, he has a radio show in Philly. If you've ever done so- Philly, what he'll do is before the game, after the game, he'll let us kind of come down and like stand you know, right on the floor, basically. Yeah. And I was nervous to take my daughter the first time. The first time I actually brought her, I avoided going down and doing that because I didn't want my teenage daughter to see her adult father fawning over these boys <laughs> because they're all kids. And you don't realize that until you get a little bit older. Yeah. And we're yeah. both in our 40s. So, you know, that <laughs> thing you go there and you're like, dude, I am sweaty palm to, to be this close to Ben Simmons. And it looks so lame. <laughs> because when you're young, it's like they're grown men to you. 
they're heroes and you're like my heroes aren't supposed to be 20 years younger than me <laughs> like now's when our heroes are supposed to be like buzz aldrin and shit like that <laughs> yeah that's sad when your, your hero just got out of college yeah i guess man this guy's great He's, his mustache is almost coming in i love him <laughs> how was but, uh, how was the eagles back when uh you were in high school they were fun year. I remember uh, everything from Cunningham, the weird McMahon years. Y'all gave Cunningham a hard time too, man. He was a good quarterback in Philadelphia. They did. Well, I was too young to really give like the and Donovan McNabb. Y'all had some good black quarterbacks in Philadelphia. The McNabbs will be forever a hero in that uh, town, even though they didn't win anything. Like he was just, they were contenders, I believe. Like 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 ten of fourteen years that he was there, or something or whatever it was, he was there for like twelve years. He was. They were contenders almost every single year Yeah, uh, that he played the full season. No, he was awesome, man. Brian Dawkins is a hero. But, man, I have great stories from that vet. The first the first time I started going to games with any regularity was in high school. where We had uh, all my buddies were, like, big gamblers. They would always gamble in high school, which I thought was weird. Really? Wait, where everything. were they gambling? Like, uh, like uh, gambling dens? or uh... like, like bookies. Like just okay, bookies regular bookies in the neighborhood. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they would know about it, and they would just This like, was before a fan duel and all that. Yeah, no internet at all. Right. And they would bet with bookies, and when they would do okay and make some money, they all got uh, – they all bought season tickets for, like, the 700 level, which was, like, the notorious crazy section. Okay. The, the highest seats you can get. <laughs> and they all bought uh, season tickets. There. And one of the guys who bought season tickets with them, you could tell he just got the tickets because everybody got them. He didn't really care. Right. So every week, if I just waited till the last minute, like Saturday night, he would let me know. He's like, "Yeah, hey, if you want to use my ticket, you can go. And then I would right. go with them. So I kind of had free season tickets for a year. Oh, that's great. And that season, so many – the things I remember the most, uh, there was a cool sports moment I was there for. It was a Monday night game where they – two things happened at this game, actually. It was The, the exciting was at the end, uh, Chad Lewis, I think his name was, the tight end at the time. Uh, right. He caught one oh, in the end zone. He, ca- he caught one in the end zone, like no time left on the clock to beat the Cowboys on a Monday night game. How- you would bring that up because I'm a Cowboy fan. I know. But the, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you the, the funnier Cowboys fan story first uh, okay. that I thought was interesting was right when the game started, that game, there was a, it was a Monday night game. Uh, Michael Buffer came out and did the let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And the uh, Eagles kicked it off to the Cowboys, and Deion Sanders caught it in the end zone and ran it back 105 yards for a touchdown right away. And then where we were sitting at that game was two rows – or I'm sorry, three rows behind the uh, – you know, the tunnel. We're in the middle of the section. There'll be like the tunnel that that's goes Oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were probably actually row like 11, but the first 10 rows were tunnel. That's crazy. And the guy stands up, uh, this guy stands up in a Deion Sanders jersey when Deion scores. Like, you know, right, he's the front row before the tunnel. So it's a 15-foot drop, 10-foot drop at least, but probably 15-foot drop. And he stands up and cheers, and some guy behind him just smoking a cigarette. I just so casually just put a cigarette in his mouth and push this dude (laughs) over the tunnel. And he went like, you saw his feet, like he went upside down. Wow. No idea how he landed, but that guy had to be restrained from coming back up to fight that dude. It was so shitty in hindsight because they make the Deion Sanders guy leave. They, they yeah. the, the security eventually comes. It looks like he's trying to start a fight. Right. With no context. It just looks like he's trying to get to somebody and fight them. And they drag him out of the stadium, and the whole cha- stadium's <laughs> chanting asshole and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, it's so shitty because that guy, literally the guy tried to kill him. 
Just like the NFL, they always get the guy retaliating and then the, <laughs> yeah. the, the initial foul. Yeah, it was just like that. Exactly. It was exactly yeah. the same thing. That was an insane thing. And I believe in that same game, because it was like a big Monday night game, and uh, Hall and Oates, Philly Heroes. Oh, yes, Legends. Came out to uh, – they were playing the halftime show. And I remember the crowd was like – they started with like a – they did a brand new ballad at the time, uh-huh. like a slow song. And they're playing like kind of like in, it's almost in the corner of the field. Right. And, uh, and the cameras, are, and I mean, 70,000 people just start booing. Like, because cra- they're doing some song nobody knows. And in mid song, I've told the story a bunch. In mid song, uh, Daryl Hall stops singing and he turns around quickly to the band and he's like pointing to them and saying whatever he says to them. Yeah. And he turns around to the microphone and he goes, Sure, only come out at night. <laughs> and the place just explodes and it was just a complete immediate turnaround. <laughs> that was the, uh, like a DJ going, freaking, freaking, freaking. Yeah. He head faked us. We're like, What is this shit song? Oh, it's our shit. First of all, Philly fans are notorious just for being fucking assholes. Well, they would get the passion about whatever is happening. I've seen uh, dude, the Frisbee dog halftime show. If, if, yeah. that, if, the, if the dog misses, I mean, they rain booze down. <laughs> and then he just catches a 40-yarder and the place explodes. Like, they're just so ready to be entertained by something, be it bad or good. You have the notorious footage of your uh, Pelton Santa Claus with uh, fucking ice balls. I did. I think me and you – uh made this joke years ago on the steps of the comedy cellar talking about that yeah very thing because I, I recall uh, like kind of your uh act outs of it was just saying it's so they always say that i was because like, i was thinking i was telling you that i i have the uh nfl package and stuff right. sometimes you know and and and, and, I, and the nba package the nba package particularly the nfl is a little more fair and balanced because it's always just like they get assigned announcers every week when you're watching basketball a lot of times i don't know if it's an xfinity cable thing or something but uh you you don't get a lot of the times the sixers feed you get the feed from like if they're playing the kings you get the sacramento feed right okay so you always hear what the other team's announcers think of philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) and though and if it's a game in philly and it's like you know sacramento's announcers they all without a doubt i mean three times a week for sure they always go let's not forget these are the you know because they'll boo the sixers if they're losing (laughs) by 10 in the first quarter they go, let's not forget, these are the people who threw snowballs at Santa Claus. And we laughed. I was like, it's funny thing is, there is no Santa. That's not Santa Claus. It's some dude <laughs> who accepted dude. that gig that day, and they treated him like shit. And every time he has to hear a story, he goes, you know, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Like, no, they threw snowballs at James. <laughs> James Carver uh, from blah, 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 Fifth Street. And they treated me like a fucking asshole. I put that goddamn costume on. <laughs> I mean, he got drew. I think it was a YouTube dude in a uh, union. You're throwing snowballs at. Just a dude. Yeah. He likes whiz on his fucking cheesesteak. Yeah, rooting for the Eagles, hometown favorite, and they just fucking drill him because he's not. Uh, the, when people do stuff like that, it always gets so crazy. At a at a, it was a Sixers uh, halftime home right. game of the NBA Finals, two thousand, two thousand one, maybe two thousand. Okay. I think it was 2000. One, two, three, four, five, six, sir. Everybody. Shit, your song. Dude, on the bonfire, that song is gone all around. The world. People love that stupid song. It's that terrible. Worst, the worst song in NBA history. I don't even think any of us team have a song, but I love that song because it's just so silly. What's super insulting about the one, two, three, or five, six, or song is that what they play at the end of the games when they win. Yeah. If it's a game where they're up by like 
10 and there's like, you know, uh, less when it, once it gets to the 24 second clock and there's the ball's just being dribbled out or whatever already. And I'm like, Oh man, if you're an opposing team, you're like, fuck. And it's just a, it's not like even like a, like a na na hey 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 goodbye where it's a sing along right or it's not a song that's like a, a cool song that you're like you know get the fuck out of town it's the most bubbly it's like sung by children <laughs> like, everybody clap your hands and they just start playing it it's just the lamest song to go out to. but <laughs> one two three four five six uh, but, but the two count. times i saw uh someone make a, such a mistake performing and you're like somebody had to say something in their crew was uh, Destiny's Child performed at the 2000 finals in Philly. Okay. Halftime. Okay. And it was, uh, they were wearing half, the jerseys they were wearing were half Sixers jersey. It was like a half Kobe jersey, half uh, Iverson okay. jersey. Right. And it was like split down the middle. And it was, you know, I mean, so much time put into it. They were, it was sequined and <laughs> all this thing with their names on it. And it's the whole, pro and they just got booed the entire performance because like, why the fuck would you wear anything? And then Ja Rule, halftime of, I think it might've been an NFC championship. Right. Uh, it was the Michael Vick Falcons versus the Eagles. Dog lover. And it was at the vet in Phil Dog Lover, at the <laughs> vet. And, uh, and at halftime, Ja Rule performed in the stands, like walking through the stands where the performance was, wearing just straight, it wasn't even a jersey, I don't think. It was just wearing like maroon red and black jeans. And I mean, nobody, like all you see around him is like, you know, he's doing, what would I be without my baby? And everyone, <laughs> everyone behind him is just going like, fuck this guy. Like they hated him. Why are they so angry in Philly? Yeah, he doesn't, you don't even get his identity? You don't even get it. Yeah, you're like, what did I do? It's like, I'm just performing my Jaw Rule song. Like wrong shirt color, asshole. <laughs> the whole team becomes like a gang. It's really a... Uh, but I, I got to say, funny enough, I don't get behind as, as passionate as I am about, like, when I'm watching the game, I want them to win. I don't right. care about that we could shit talk back and forth. Right. All day. And I actually like when I go to the stadium. Nowadays, there does seem to be more, uh, like, like, well, just more like, uh, you know, like the shit talking is much more like lighthearted. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. It's not trying to start a fight. But you still see when it is happening, a guy trying to start a fight. When me and Soder went, to a San Fran versus Philly game. In oh, Philly. he was wearing San Fran shit? He kept it under a jacket. He, <laughs> he better. They would stab the shit out of Dan Soda. Well, what's funny was I was trying to explain to him that I was like, listen, you can wear that jersey and not, not a thing gets said or happens to you. Or it can go haywire. He was regretful right. afterwards for not unzipping his jacket because he goes, well, there was that one dude that was like uh, – talking shit walking up and down the aisle wearing the San Fran shit and like no one said anything to him nobody came at him I go dude that was like a six foot six I mean brick shit house black dude I mean like not even bodybuilder build like fucking pro wrestler build you know what I mean just like yeah. shredded uh and I was like yeah he was waiting everyone could tell he's waiting for the one white boy who runs his fucking yap yeah and no one in our section did we were also lower seats than normal so you're not with the trash as much. This is the right. people who, who are like, look, I'm not getting kicked out. I paid 300 bucks for this ticket, you know? The 700 level, they would have went at him. But I was like, Dan, that is not indicative of what happens at a game. <laughs> However, and I think this, this might go back to that Monday game also, man. That was a crazy night. I think this also happened a Monday night game. And this is where I knew the times had changed because I hadn't gone to a game probably for a couple years like yeah. throughout like the, maybe my middle years of comedy. I didn't really go to many games. And I started going again the last couple years. 
And it's funny. So, again, on that Monday night game when I was younger against the Cowboys, you might remember this, dude. Michael Irvin got flattened. Oh, I mean, he, wow. it, it was like it was like a let's take a commercial break. We have to see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. And they brought out yeah. they brought out the stretcher, and they put him on the stretcher and they put him in the thing, and and everyone starts clapping and cheering, and that's what you're supposed to do what's when uh, when someone gets hurt. You know that they're getting you know to give them like a round of applause for go whatever, right. and they're clapping and cheering, and then Michael Irvin puts his thumb up. He does the thumbs up thing, and they just fucking scream <laughs> boo like fuck you. They they were like, oh, they were actually cheering. They thought he was dead. He was dead. No, they're animals. They're they're right. fucking animals. But what's what's interesting is I took uh, Christine, my girlfriend. I took to a to a game. This is maybe like four or five years ago. We went to a a Giants game, Giants Eagles in Philly. Okay. A Monday night game or a Thursday night game, and uh, Victor Cruz, who was a beast at the time. Yeah. Uh, he caught a crazy pass in the end zone for a touchdown, and he got drilled also end of the season and they did the same thing they too and they took him out on the cart and they cheered for him and it was like i said to christina i was like oh this things are changing like a bunch of hipsters have moved into philly because this is they never like booed or like were cheering for him to be hurt they were did oh. the, they did the right thing and i was like the fuck is this so maybe they soften <laughs> maybe they yeah. get a little soft. <laughs> they're softening it up it seems like a little bit they have now, to have you been to any other stadiums where the fans get that involved in a game or that that brutal to uh to other fans? No, man. I, I went to uh, I went to an e a Giants game. I've only generally gone to Eagles games for the most part. Right. Um, but what I I've been to a bunch of Giants games in uh, Meadowlands and uh, back in the day when even when it was like playing in like fucking Yankee Stadium somewhere. Yeah, I felt like the Giants Stadium was so corporate that the few games I went to see uh, Philly like uh, Eagles play there. Like, there was just enough Eagles fans there that it was like a 50 It was very weird, man. Giants is a the, weird, the, weird the, fan the Giants, base. The Giants got to move back to New York, man. They got to be in New York. I'm tired of the Giants and the Jets not playing in a fucking state. It bugs me. What's great is the the, the best audience to watch, because, man, it is really, really funny, is the um, the Brooklyn Nets. I've gone to see some yeah. Sixers play Brooklyn Nets, because you can get yeah. tickets. For twelve bucks, they'll not only give you tickets like down low, you could also get like unlimited hot dogs and weird fucking deals <laughs> I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. It's a, but the the Barclays is a fucking great. Uh, no, it's beautiful great venue. Arena. Beautiful venue. Um, but I'm saying when you go there, what's funny is the fan base, at least where I've sat, yeah, so far is laughably hilarious because you go to Philly still, like at a Sixers game. I'm not saying there's going to be like a, a fight every time, but like when you just look around the audience, like and you see Philly, in, Philly even in the low seats, there's still a lot of like you know, uh, dudes with like gold streaks yeah, in their common, hair. Common, common the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And, and just like you know, the the black dudes with the Philly beards, yeah, which yeah. always looks intimidating. With the mascara in them, coloring yeah, them. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. Make those sharp <laughs> ass lines. <laughs> What is wrong with that town? That town so that, that facial hair was a weird thing, but uh, you still see a bunch of guys with freeway beards and DJK slay glasses on. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a look where you're like, ah, I probably shouldn't fuck with this guy or talk shit to him. Right. Uh, dude, it, it, Brooklyn Nets, it is straight up wealthy teenage Jewish kids. Yeah. And it's just funny watching them. They're so like, uh, like, like shit talking and stuff. They're so like, you want to just give them a wedgie? Yeah, like you can't even take it seriously. It's just, but it's such a, a goofy fan base. But that's how the Nets were when they played in Jersey. Jer when you went to a Nets game in Jersey, you felt like you were at fucking Discovery Zone. It was just yeah. children. Oh yeah, <laughs> all yeah. children, all white kids. 
Yeah, they just, it's, a, it's a team without a fucking place at all. Even when they're good, man, no one cares. And they did everything they could, the Nets, didn't they? They made black and white jerseys, the thing the entire world was waiting for. Yes, <laughs> yes, they did. And they fucking put uh, a rapper on their first album. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No shit there. I mean, they have, like, biggie quotes as, like, their things. It's like yeah. everything is so uh, – it's Brooklyn, which just reads cool across the board. And for some reason, it's like – and by the way, I fully get it. I absolutely get it. Like, they got to do something first for they would be a Brooklyn team. Like, Brooklyn people are still Knicks fans. Yes, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm yeah, still a Knicks fan. Dave Smith, like, Dave yeah, Smith, Dave Smith, Brooklyn, and it's just like, no, nah, man, you can't just like. I know he's like, it's like right in the neighborhood, but it's like in your head, that's always going to be the New Jersey uh, team. You know what I mean? It's like, right. remember when the bleed together, two y'all won a championship and bleed and sweat, and we all drag through a whole season and win one you still going to be the, uh, the New Jersey Mets. But even, I think even more, you hope this happens before then, but I'm saying also when, like, like the generation of kids being born now yeah. only know, like, the Brooklyn Nets. Right. That's you know what I mean? Good. So it's yeah. like those people will jump on board and, yeah. and it'll become a thing when it's like, because you could locally walk still, you know, it's like in Park Slope, basically, you know? But that's why you got to win one for people to have their hearts with your team. You know what I'm saying? Even the Knicks back in 72 with fucking Kiki Vandeway, what the fuck they had? Uh, they won. They won. That's why you know Spike Lee's a big fucking fan because they they were in you know that was their team. So you gotta win. You gotta go through a battle together before somebody say, okay, you belong to us. Yeah, they, uh, Dave Smith was like, a, yeah, he's a, he's a Knicks fan, diehard Knicks. And I will say, still, even with the, I mean, the Knicks are worse than the Nets. The, the Knicks are worse than the Nets this year, and I think last year maybe they were both yeah. times. Yeah, they were yeah. worse. Yeah, definitely worse than Nets because the Nets made the playoffs last year. It's embarrassing. The Knicks. Stay but I mean, but still, what's still what's funny worse. is what's still funny is you go to a, a Sixers Knicks game. When I go to see that that with uh, I'll take Isabella, my daughter, whatever to go yeah. see them. Uh, you still like when Ben Simmons is on the line, the whole stadium's chanting, "You can't shoot." There's still like you know what I mean like they still like there's still fans for the team, which I feel that too. The Sixers were really bad for really long yeah. after Iverson for the most part. And like, I still watched every game every year. Like I just, Iverson uh, was the man. I'm glad you brought him up because you can't talk Philadelphia basketball without talking Allen Iverson. And he's a legend. I try to, well, I follow him on Instagram and I always figure like, if I say something quick on one of his posts, he'll see my blue check mark. Go check out. Go check out that I got a hundred thousand followers, and he's gonna see like, oh, I should probably respond to this guy, and still, just nothing ever. There's never an acknowledge. I can't get when I go, man. You'll love this story if you don't mind. I'll tell you, it's, it's yeah, a funny yeah. about not getting respect from your hometown. I, I don't know what your hookup is. Like you, you may have been. Have you, have you on your name been able to get hooked up? Like awesome tickets to the Knicks and awesome yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. from the seat. from the organization. Yeah, you, yeah. I go upstairs. I eat when I go to the games. I go upstairs. I eat before the games. I come uh, down. Do you know? Do you know players? Yeah. Do you know any players and stuff? I was a little uh, Nat, uh, Nate uh, who was used to be on the team. Robinson. Yeah, I used to hang out with him a lot. Every time I came, with him, he he come to the stands and say what's up. We talk to me, him and Tone. Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. I am waiting for that to happen with anything with the. I knew. I started to know. Uh, but VH1 too helped like a lot of motherfuckers recognize because a lot of these uh, athletes sure. when they on the road, they watch this cable TV and whatever's coming on. So they'll be like, oh, and come over and say, what's up? Yeah, I oh, keep brother. saying that there has to be something I've done that has hit one of these people yeah. uh, in the organization. But it was pretty funny. Kimowitz, before he passed away, was just about to do, because I had gone this last year, I was like, hey, I keep buying these seats. I kind of get the same seats off of like the ticket sites for like these games. It's, it's the best seats I've ever had. I love it. It's like, it's row five, 
because it's the first row that's elevated. So there's nobody in front of you. Perfect. And you're literally like four rows like that are lower than you. So it's like, I mean, you are, if I yelled the player's name, he would hear me. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, (laughs) and you're right behind the Sixers bench. And it was just cool to watch it all kind of going. I just loved it. I thought it was the, the best seats. And I go, Hey, listen, I'm not asking for a hookup. Let me pay full price, but I just want to get like a 10 game package in those seats. I just want to sit where I want to sit. I don't want to, every time I think about going to a game, have to go through the ordeal and shit. Right. And let me figure out, you know, it's like, and I'll get them season tickets. So let me get the VIP entrances. I'll pay for it all. I'm not asking for any kind of hookup. Yeah. I asked the in-house announcer, Matt Cord, uh, or I, I tried to do it myself and they were like, yeah, you have to like join the Sixers fan club and you go on a waiting list and the whole, and I was like, ah, oh, come on. So I was like, let me try to throw my whatever F level celebrity around a little bit. So I, I call Matt, I go, Hey, I'm trying to get these things. He goes, oh, I'll, I'll have, I'll tell the corporate account people that you want a thing and they'll, they'll take care of you. And I was like, great. And I get a call from the guy and I could tell immediately from the guy's tone that this one, and, you, and you've had things like this in your life before, I'm sure too. A guy is such a fan of yours. Right. That he presents the information like he doesn't have to explain who you are. Can you believe this guy is wants to come to our games this much? Right, right. And you can tell that the guy he told that to just went, uh, okay. He's like, he was like, Jay Okerson is going to be calling you for a thing. He's like, all right. And then I called the guy who had no idea who I was. He also just went, yeah, you got to join the thing and get on the waiting list. And I'm like, So... I became friends with Todd Harriman's from doing radio shows with him, who was an Eagles offensive lineman. Right. It's traded immediately before that season starts. Oh, beat uh, it. So I never had a hookup there. And then, uh, so th- I was like, man, as I'm saying, when they, the last game we went to, actually, me and Christine, uh, I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. Like, I never get like any kind of love from like the, f- I, I sh- on, on Bonfire and Sky, I've shouted the teams out so much and what they're yeah. doing. And, the bonfire we've followed playoffs and, and the whole super bowl run of the eagles i'm like i get no love from any of these teams and uh you know no philly really just no philly love in general which is interesting but like anyway i go i mean like from the fans i do but like there's just no right, like the they always like, like the people from philly you know it'd be like dom irara kevin hart <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like somehow skips me always so i'm like all right but uh i'm sitting at the game in those seats with christine and I think even having that conversation, I just, she watches me. I stare at M. Night Shyamalan and I stare at this lawyer who's always in the front row and M. Bede's dead. And I'll, I just stare at them because I always go like, I watch the girls they bring like in their phones the whole time. And you're yeah. like, oh man, I would fucking kill for those seats. It's such a <laughs> bummer. And they're just getting it because they're Philly love, you know? Yeah, Philly love. I get New York love like that, dude. Definitely from the Yankees. The Yankees always, one of my good friends is vice president. And she always looks out for me. I get all the tickets I want. I go to Legends, eat before the game. That's so awesome. And I want that so bad. So so at this game we're at, me and Christine, we're sitting there. And as I'm saying about I don't get any of this love, Christine goes, you want to get a a water ice? Uh, Because the guy's coming around with the water ice. So I go, (laughs) I go, yeah, for sure. So I'm leaning over to go, you know, hey, dude, let me get a, a water. And the guy behind me taps me on the shoulder and points to the thing. Oh, important in the story, by the way, I didn't tell the in-house announcer, Matt Core. I didn't tell him I was coming. Right. So okay. he, he didn't even know I was there or anything like that. Okay. And, uh, but I'm sitting pretty close. Right. You know what I mean? So, so like, uh, the guy hits me on the back and he points to the Titantron 
which yeah. they have a new Titan Tron now at the Sixers. It's unreal. It's, it's they got that money. They ain't paying beautiful. employees, but they get a new Titan Tron. Yeah, yes. So I look up at the screen, and it's me on the screen. No name or anything, but, like, I hear Matt Cord go, yeah. uh, he's like, oh, he goes, is it that guy right there? And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I'm like look at that. In this weird moment, I'm complaining about this. Like, they put me, and I'm like, for a second, I'm like, oh, they're giving me Philly love. Yeah. They're saying, like, oh, it's Big Jay Okerson. You're right. And then it cuts to another guy. And it's like him, and then it cuts to another guy, him, and then it cuts to someone else, and it pans out, and it goes, nope, there he is, our shick beard of the game. <laughs> I was just one of the people they put up for, like, you know, a random face, like, because I had a beard on. <laughs> and then I was like, and then in my mind, I was like, oh, it fucking sucks. But I was like, well, what was cool, though, was Matt Cord. Right had clearly though like told him to put the camera on me and been yeah. like oh who's that guy right there <laughs> when i come down and see him uh after the game i do go over i go hey and he and he sees me and he goes oh hey jay and he goes hey he goes oh wait a second he goes, was that you up on the screen like he didn't know it was me either when it first came up there like he oh he didn't do it he no you know he said the is it that guy but it just went in his mind he just wasn't thinking i was there so it just didn't oh. strike him you know what i mean so, like, I, w I thought I was even getting the minor love from, like, my buddy who has the power to do that. And even he was like, oh, I didn't even know that was you. <laughs> so I've never, officially never gotten any of the, uh, the Philly uh, love. Not only do your town not recognize you, your good buddy don't recognize you. <laughs> oh, it's so, so ridiculous. Uh, and, and then the hookup I've ever gotten from a player. Right. Was uh, Dustin Keller, uh, I, was, I was still am good friends with. Uh, he, was a, he was a Jets tight end. Okay, yeah. I brought some hung out with some football players at the cellar. I brought them down. You hung out. You hung Hunter out. You know, Tim Hunton is close because I met him through Vic Henley. Because him and oh, Vic nice. Henley, God bless Vic Henley. So. Rest in peace, Vic Henley. But him and Vic Henley were close, and his brother was close. They all went to Auburn together. So, yeah, Tim Hunton, every time he came up, we partied. I, I think even you've hung with me and, and Dustin Keller before when he would come yeah. with groups to the cellar and stuff. Yeah. Dustin was great, man. Uh, he doesn't play anymore. He lives in Austin. But, like, Dustin Keller. Is he still involved with uh, baseball? Or? No, no, nothing at all, man. Dustin Keller's just, he's running businesses now. He, he got out. He said, okay. very interesting, man. Like, I hope I'm not, like, uh, breaking a trust in saying this, but I think he kind of, like, made it clear to me. Like, you know, he's got his knee bent backwards in training camp when he went to the Dolphins. His first year, he, oh, he, trained, he, 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 yeah, yeah. Signed, he signed with the Dolphins, got his knee bent back in training camp, came back, said he was going to play again. When I spoke to him, he really just kind of said, like, like, almost like it was like, I'll never be able to catch a ball over the middle like the same way with that you, you need to have like that reckless abandon and once yeah, your yeah, mind yeah. is like yeah. you get your knee bent backwards he's like yeah. how could you ever be the same player you can't be it's like ptsd it's like even when my joe theisman got his shit snapped remember that yep yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. throw the ball around again after that just not with the same kind of abandon like eh, if i get hit i get hit you're like oh, right. this could be really bad right so but, so with reckless abandon until that first injury right and, and people be like this is the injury is the knee all right the knee's fine but it's just so this is great. So this is after uh, he was done playing. I had gotten uh, – I got asked to do a thing in Philly that Preston and Steve – you know Preston and Steve, they're a fucking awesome uh, radio guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a hangout for homelessness or something. They do like a three-day like sit-in thing at the Xfinity Center in Philly, and they do a comedy show one night, and they asked me if I'd come do it. And I said, sure. I went down and did How it. How many people they, come out for that? It's a big event? Oh, it's thousands of people there. Yeah, right. yeah. So uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's a hangout for hunger maybe it's called whatever it is they just hang out and they live there for three days right and it's awesome and i did the comedy show one time and they uh 
they were like, dude, thank you. And Casey, one of the members of the show, who's awesome, goes, hey, man, I'm going to give you uh, my tickets to the Eagles. I think it was Cowboys also. It was like, but it was like three years ago. You passed You've been to so many Cowboys. Oh, dude, this was a Cowboys game. Uh, uh, don't worry. The Cowboys get a, a nice uh, dub in this one, in this story, actually. Um, and he gives me these tickets. He goes, he goes, they're, they're nosebleeds, man. But, like, he's like, if you want them, they're yours. I can't use them. I was like, yeah, dude, I'll come. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, yeah. I just want the energy of the game, dude. I'll come down. And he's like, cool. So I take those tickets. Then I see Dustin Keller a couple days later before the game, mm -hmm. like in New York. He came to the stand. He was hanging out. And I was thinking, this is the time. This is when uh, – I don't think it was Wentz that went down. It was – oh, what's his name? Sam Bradford, I think, went down. And our quarterback was technically Mark Sanchez. Okay, yeah. For a while. And then I go – he goes uh, – he says to me, he goes, hey, how about Mark, uh, my boy, uh, quarterback in your team now? How crazy is that? I go, oh, yeah, dude. I go – give me some tickets for a game, man. Like, if he's your boy, like, give me, you know, Dustin's a buddy enough that I could, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, see if you can get me hooked up for tickets. He goes, dude, no problem. He goes, what game is it? I go, it's the Cowboys uh, this Sunday. He goes, yeah, let me see what I can do. And he makes a text, and he goes, dude, he goes, two tickets are going to be waiting for you at Will Call. I go, nice. Hell, yeah. I go, quarter, starting quarterback tickets. So I tell my sister and her boyfriend, I go, you guys take the – the nosebleeds I got, if you guys want to go to the game, it's free. You know, it's like they gave me these. It's really awesome. Right. They go, yeah, we'll take them for sure. So uh -oh. We get to the game. Uh, I give them uh, their tickets, and they're following us around because every will call I go to, they go, wait, who left the tickets? And I was like, Mark Sanchez. And they go, right. oh, you got to go to this other will call. And, you right. gotta, and they, they send us all around the building until we get to, like, this will call. And they give us the tickets. The players will call. And the tickets come, yeah, and the tickets come with these big, huge golden tickets. Yeah. Uh, it was regular horse tickets. Then the general ticket, uh, the, the regular ticket said G GA, general admission. So I'm like, oh my God, we're on the fucking field. Right. We're standing on the field. You know, it's like there's no seats actually because you're standing there. Right. General admission. And, uh, and I had this big golden ticket. So I walked to this fancy, like blue lit up door. And I go, they go, that, that ticket's for here. And I go, cool. And I take the ticket and he looks at my, or he takes ticket and then he looks at my actual seating ticket and he goes, that escalator uh, right there. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So it was the golden ticket is just simply to be able to walk through this room. It wasn't uh -huh. to stay there at all. Oh, uh, okay. Which is like a cool lounge. And I'm like, right. all right. I go, but you know, what? I don't give a fuck about the lounge. Right, right, all that. right. And I, I just want to see where, where are we standing on the field? So we keep getting, you know, security guards here and they go there and up there. You get more and more excited. Like Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory. <laughs> no, not excited. I'm getting less and less excited. Oh, because you get further, further away from the action. Buddy, this is what Mark Sanchez – and I said I will always forever. I did this on Preston's TV show and told them this Mark Sanchez can suck my balls <laughs> because Mark Sanchez, for his friend – and before I even get to it, let me say the things I've done. I had – I was on Oddball Tour. Yeah. Uh, with a big years – big years of it. It was uh, Schumer and Aziz the one year. Uh, yeah. I did uh, Sebastian's year. Nice. And when people – friends of friends – friends of family would hit me up people i don't know very well and they'd go hey can you get so-and-so tickets for this can you get so-and-so tickets for this the tickets at worst were like ninth row i mean yeah like, if i'm giving somebody tickets, tickets i'm gonna make sure they're certain good you know what i'm saying if i'm gonna do it right now if you have tickets that are shit tickets and you go i'm giving these away it's another thing but if you right. go right my hookup yeah let me tell you my let me get my hookup for you so you get them like unbelievable tickets right uh, uh, I was on the Mayhem Fest tour. I was the only comedian on a tour of like mega selling ticket bands. Yeah. And still I got somebody hooked up, dude. You were under the thing. You were, you were close. Right. 
Dude, Mark Sanchez, guys, what general admission is, I didn't even know this. Next to the giant Miller Light sign at the top level. Right. You can stand against the railing. And if you're not standing against the railing, by the way, you can't see anything. So me and Christine were able to snug in like two little slots to stand against the railing to watch from as high up as you could possibly be in the stadium. Two, uh, we, we stood there. And then because if you move, we watched it happen to a thousand people. Someone else is jumping into that spot. So you can't move. I'd have my sister from the nosebleed seats who had seats would have to come over every like quarter or so and be like, hey, like hold our place to go to the bathroom. Oh or, my God. Or, or can you stand fuck. here while we go get beers? That's what a fucking the starting quarterback's hookup was. Was it this was he already the ass fumble dude? Is that Yes. Well yes, that was it was past it was after the Jets. Yeah. Maybe that's the best tickets they would give him. I mean you have like <laughs> <laughs> This ain't Tom Brady, motherfucker. <laughs> he was having a good year though. I just thought I would listen, I did in fairness, you're right. I didn't think it would. Fumble, man. I didn't think it would be. I didn't think it would be standing at the worst possible position. It would have been better to watch it on TV. If that, you worked in a ticket office and they didn't say, "Hey, Mark Sanchez just called up here," and got some <laughs> at that time you'd be like, "This uh, general mention." Yeah, yeah, put him in general mention. <laughs> By the way, and and I say to give you a, a a Cowboys nod here. Yeah, is uh where that Miller Light sign is if you ever look at at uh, Lincoln Financial Stadium is in the corner of an end zone, basically, as far back as you could be in a corner of an end zone. And that was the corner of the end zone uh, where I watched uh, Des Bryant catch three of the exact same touchdowns over his shoulder to end this, the Eagles season mathematically. It yeah. was a mathematical elimination from the playoffs. And I was like, <laughs> Des was a beast, man. Des was a, he got, they got rid of him real quick and quiet at the I thought. They yeah. got rid of him real fast. And now they're talking about, like, what's another Saints looking at him? Yeah, a couple teams. Uh, the, the Eagles thought about him for a minute. And um, what do you think about who uh, just went to the Patriots? Uh, who did just go to the Patriots? They just picked up a new uh, receiver. Oh, oh, uh, oh! I didn't know the receiver. I know they got a uh, dude, Cam Newton, doing his like his workouts and oh, talking Cam's shit to the going. camera. That's right, Cam's going there. Cam Newton talking shit to the camera while he's working out is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> he's a big boy. He really, he's a big boy, but it's just like he's going like. He's so upset that the Panthers, like, Got he's going him. to the Patri a rebuild Patriots now. Yeah. And he's, uh, which is crazy to hear in our lifetime at this point now. Yeah. He's going to rebuild Patriots, and he's just, I, I think in his mind, he was would have been happier if the Panthers cared enough to fucking keep him. Man. They, he, he feels that. That's a hard thing to recover from. Man. Because whenever you, uh, you know, when you, your first team, when you get your first team, you think you're going to be there forever, and you're not. And that's in a million people's cases across all sports. You always feel like you're breaking up. It's like losing a family member. It's like that was family to you. When they show highlights of Iverson, they still always include – I know he had a couple good years uh, with the Nuggets, but, like, that's not Iverson, dude. That's right. not like and, – and I said something in his mind even had a thing where it's like – even though I know he said he wanted to go and everything like that, there's still a thing, like, yeah. where it's like you he probably did want to go, but, like, you, he wants to go because he wanted the Sixers to, like – Want him. Want him more. Yeah, that he wanted to be – he needed love, that boy. Always needed love, and he needed – it's like when the owner, when that relationship between the owner and him broke down, that's when it was fucking done. I think one of the greatest seasons of all time is Allen Iverson taking the Sixers to the championship against the Lakers and winning that first game in L.A. when he yeah. stepped over Dum Dum after he shot it. And it's, 
money. Yeah. That was one of the greatest. That was one of the most gangster performances in sports. Yeah, this that, dude is six. He was the smallest dude on the court, and he took the team there. That you know, it's funny. During quarantine, I made uh, Christine. I made my chick sit and watch. They replayed the. Uh, I hyped it up a lot, but I think she actually did kind of enjoy it. But like the Miracle to Meadowlands too. Uh-huh. With uh, that's Deshaun Jackson at the end does the uh, he returns the ball. You know they punt to him. Oh yeah, do you remember that the guy yes, and, and, yes. and Tom Coughlin was like, "Do not punt to this yes, kid." Yeah, and the game is over. All we got to do then is play three downs of defense, and the game is over. We yeah. won. And he kicked it to him, and Deshaun Jackson dropped it right away. Yep. And then picked it up and and looked forward, and and, and then he just found a seam and killed the time and scored a touchdown. But I forgot in that game about gangster performances. I mean. They were down by 28 points, I think, at, with like two minutes left in the third quarter. Like Michael Vick was, damn, he was awesome. He was awesome. Damn, he was Yo, so awesome, dude. If that motherfucker, do you think I would have won one? Uh, if they put the right things around him, for sure, dude. I liked him, man. He was, he was. He needed more one, receivers. One my, he was he one of my favorite. Co- well, yeah, they got in his time. They got rid of like Deshaun, which was stupid. You know what I mean? They got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Was it uh, Terrell there when he was there? Well, Terrell Owens was popular. No. Because no. he had a fucking hell of a career in uh, Philadelphia, too. It was just, it was only it was like that one season and a half. That's the bummer of it. Like, he was a fucking – he was such a head case with the stuff going on. But, like, dude, McNabb was unbelievable. He had some great heroic performances. But, I mean, like yes. – uh, but that Michael Vick, Miracle the Meadowlands, like, scoring 20-whatever-some points, like, almost 30 yeah. points in, in yeah. like, a quarter and a half is unbelievable. The way he threw it was awesome. Also, by the way, I, I really urge people to watch because I just had a I didn't think this was still kind of happening, but I was I mentioned something about Michael Vick in front of somebody a week ago and they were like, ew, Michael Vick. And they're like, what? It's like, oh, what he did to dogs. I'm like, have you followed up on Michael Vick? Like that guy is like he's above and beyond. He's like the Wait. head of he's like the head of many like several different like agencies and programs that like specifically to stop dog fighting like, yeah yeah he came fucking not on full circle that he this motherfucker like he's done a lot of like positive things as far as like even yeah. complimenting him on something that he did so yeah that's yeah. the way from getting locked up no the dude the dude definitely uh turned it around for sure he just doesn't get a lot of love uh for because i because he also in that documentary they did for him the vic thing the four yeah, hour thing I saw that. which is great that documentary it, like all the guys in the organization of the eagles kept saying to us is we kept saying, like, you know, we'll send cameras with you to these, like, charity things you're doing and these, like, speaking engagement with these schools. And he was just like, no, no, no. no. It's like, he's just like, let me just go do it. Like, yeah, he he's just, just doing it. it. You got you to gotta respect a man like that, man. He really out there trying to make a difference and talking to people face-to-face and not, you know, just phoning it in. But, yeah, but not to take away from your thing, dude. Allen Iverson, 2000 uh, championship. That first performance, yeah, he steps over Toronto, double overtime against Shaq. They lost the next four, but man, that season. The Lakers set- had Shaq, so fuck that. <laughs> Shaq and Kobe, yeah, but it, games, yeah, no, they had Shaq and we had like. Remember, Allen said, said, if I had Shaq, I would win 10 championships in a row. Oh, yeah, no shit. No shit. Absolutely. I mean, his best center was probably Matumbo or Samuel Dallenbear, like the next one. I was like, what are you yes. going to do with that? Uh, he, <laughs> it, Allen Iverson had a washed up. Derek Coleman, he had a washed-up Chris Webber. They really yeah. get a washed-up Joe Smith. They never gave him anything like – that was really funny. They go, how can I, I don't know, Iverson not win on a team that's got four NBA draft – number one draft picks on the team? It's like, yeah, they're not number one draft picks in the last five years. It was like right. – it was Derek <laughs> Coleman, Joe Smith, Chris Webber, and, and Allen Iverson. It's like, 
this doesn't count as all number one. Like these guys are past their thing. And they're all past their prime. I, I wish I could have got saw, saw Allen Iverson play with Shaq, money. I wish I had that combination. If it was Allen and Shaq instead of Kobe. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That would be unbelievable. Well, Allen already, he's up here. He's like, he can't lose. Like, he's one of those people just hungry, like Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, it was really it was it was amazing. That's and that's the one sports thing I was at that's like a real moment that you see in highlights all the time. I haven't gone to many. Right. Uh, I think my I went to my first Sixers playoff game ever, like last season when they had the playoffs uh, against Toronto, and it was it went sent it to Game Seven. That was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah, Allen Iverson played like a but, quarterback. He but I went. Oh, yeah. But he came uh, – uh, it was his rookie season. We were so excited. We went for uh, – we were so into that year, the Wells Fargo Center, which I believe was called the Comcast or Core State Center at the time. Yeah. It wasn't done being built yet, but they said, hey, if everybody wants to come see it, you could buy tickets to – and it was cheap. It was like, come see the place, even though it's not done yet, and we're going to show the draft on the big screens and come, you know, and enjoy the place. And it was like free food and shit. It was awesome. So me and my buddies all went. Talked to Stephen A. Smith before when he was just still a Philly guy. Right, right. Um, we were talking with him on the floor. And, and they came on. I remember uh, <clears throat> the, the owner came on the screen five minutes before the, uh, before the draft started. And he goes, hey, guys, thanks so much for coming out and hanging out with us here at the whatever. Because I thought I'm going to give you guys a little preview of what's coming up here in a second. He just turns around a jersey and it says Iverson one, <laughs> and the place went fucking nuts. You know, what, by the way, you know, that said, there was like only like two thousand people there, but everyone was just so like excited. That is dope. So his rookie year, you know, it's so fun to watch him and Stackhouse figuring it out together. And yeah, Stackhouse was the beast too, man. Oh yeah, they're still playing at the Spectrum. He was our guy for like two, three years before Iverson. Yeah, he was a North Carolina dude too, Tarhead. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. Tarhead, man, through and through. And it was, uh, so he's, uh, this is Iverson, no braids or anything yet. Yeah. And he's playing, and just one night, me and my buddy, uh, Mike is when I moved to South Jersey. His mom was dating a lawyer. She had a new boyfriend who was a lawyer. <laughs> and he wants to, you know, he wants to impress the kid. Right. You know, uh, of the lawyer. So his mom's lawyer boyfriend goes like, hey, uh, our firm has tickets to the, uh, Sixers, if you know, we're not using them. If you guys want to use them, they were playing the Bulls, and it was row fifteen, like I don't know the section, but it was it was the spectrum, and it was center court basically, right. row fifteen, and uh, and I was there for the Iverson doing the, the crossover on Jordan. Yeah, the three times he tried and then hit the three point. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that so, was for the crossover game. Yeah, yeah, the game where it's like he do, he tries once, twice, and then the third time Jordan bites and he shoots the three pointer. Yes, it. and Jordan. then he runs by the announcer's table and he runs by the announcer's table with his tongue out like Jordan. It was fucking great. <laughs> That's I'm the only sports kid. thing, I, the only big sports moment I was ever there for. If you're a kid, just like if you're like Iverson's age and you go from college and then your one of your first game, your rookie season, you in there and you get the fucking light up, Jordan is like, what is that? I mean, that was just yeah, it was unbelievable. And then. He's got a, such a career. Poor Christine. I make her every uh, – two things every year, about five times she's forced to sit down and watch is a 10 to 15-minute highlight reel of either Iverson or Brian Dawkins. <laughs> Those are the two people. <laughs> I'm like, watch Brian Dawkins be so tiny and, and, <laughs> and be so aggressive in his speeches and never curse. He doesn't. He, it was his big thing. He was very religious. He didn't curse. Right. And just watch Iverson be smaller than everybody and make everybody look foolish, man. He, I mean, he used to. He was a man. You said you got to meet him on uh, on Chris's yeah. show, which is yeah, yeah, so was, fucking was, cool, man. Yeah, he was a cool dude, man. He was a uh, 
But he had like, I told you, me and Tone, his whole entourage came in there with so much gold chain. We thought a slick <laughs> Rick. We thought, a, we thought four slick Ricks walked in there. <laughs> and he was such a, uh, uh, he made, I mean, he's the guy who made like NBA hip hop. Yeah. He bridged that gap. He was, yeah, everybody latched on to him because, you know, the NBA was changing and the shorts were getting longer. They didn't have the booty shorts on no more. And then everybody wore what they wore. That's why they actually changed the dress code. So you got to get dressed now because Alan, they had the tats and the braids. He brought all that into the NBA. Yeah, he had it going too much. Where And now everyone was just showing up in, like, T-shirts and do-rags at the press yeah. conference. Like, guys, somebody has to wear a suit. And a fucking like, some, can and please a They had a <laughs> put a new on while they walked in. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the half afro and someone braiding his hair at the uh at the thing a grown dude with a fucking pacifier in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> he's braiding his hair yo that's dewey he does my hair <laughs> he was uh it was so fucking yeah man it was such a fun time to be a, a sixers fan through all that and they just took it for granted man it's so funny because he was 14 seasons on the Sixers. That's one of those guys you're just like. Was it 14? Yeah, you're like, he's never leaving. He'll never wow. leave. Wow. You know what I mean? You're like, you're, like, you're like, why would he ever leave? He'll never leave. He still had years in him when he left. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he went, to the, he went to the Nuggets and still played all right. And then, like, he just, like, and I get it, man. I, man, I get it so much. It's like, you know, it would be like George Carlin, like, finding out that he has to, you know, when they tell him it's like yeah dude on this one they're like dane cook's gonna headline and you're like oh, yeah. man come on like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean when he was like he's like i'm not starting you know it's like yeah you know it was like touching in the documentary when uh the 76ers actually retired his jersey and he yeah. came back his kids were there his mother he was crying and uh on a, i think that was that's what sports bring to you too it's like it's not all just scores it's like yeah. a lot of emotion that we you know am i, I right I, I, I give, uh, man, I really, one of the most emotional sport, two, the most emotional sports things ever with those same guys I make watch highlights was, and I had no idea, nobody knew it was going to, I feel like maybe he knew that it was his last game ever as an Eagle, but Brian Dawkins, when they lost the NFC championship to the Cardinals, yeah, that was the Cardinals uh, Steelers year of the, yeah. of the Super Bowl. When they lost that game, uh, he had come, he went to the press conference and he started crying because he was like, I really thought this was it. I thought this was our year. I really thought that we were going to do it. And like, you felt so bad because you're like, ah, dude, like, that's so fucking cool that he cares like that because, man, yeah. Nate Bargatze got us hooked up. The long snapper for the Eagles for a long time was also a magician, like on AGT, he got pretty popular. John <laughs> Durenboss. Nice. He's a magician and he's Nate Bargatze's dad is a magician. Wow. Okay. And Nate Bargatze's dad was one of the guys who taught this kid magic. Oh, so, okay. So he's so, you know, indebted and looks up to Nate's dad so much that he got his tickets to go to uh, Eagles-Giants uh, game in Philly, which they also, Eagles lost, and they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in that game. <laughs> and, we were told, and we were told that we were also able to go to Chicky and Pete's as a restaurant in Philly. Not a restaurant, it's like a cheesesteak restaurant. Yeah. And uh, they were like, they have the back room there is where they do the after parties every week. And we went, and I was like, should we even go? But they're like, yeah, let's go to the after party. I want to at least thank the guy for going there. We went yeah. to the after party, and I mean, Javon Curse, Hank Basket, like all these guys that were there drinking, talking to chicks. Yeah. And I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I don't remember who was. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the team. There was, like, girls around, right. and everyone was talking, whether it was their girlfriends or whatever, just drinking, eating, having a good time. And I was, like, in a bummed mood about, like, the game being – 
<laughs> like ruining the, and, and I'll tell you who wasn't there. Three people who weren't there. I always <laughs> realized this was uh, Brian Westbrook, Donovan McNabb, and, uh, and Brian Dawkins. Those three, and you're like, oh, those guys give a shit. Like, that, that loss, like, affected their day. Yeah, for like, everybody I, else, it's just, ah, uh, game's a game. I got my paycheck. I, and I something about that I don't like. So, it's like Brian Dawkins, like, crying after that game. You're almost like, hell yeah, dude. Like, he cared that fucking much. And Iverson, it's a shame it was so uh, anticlimactic when he did come back for those 12 or 16 games it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he came back to the team at the very end of their run, and he, that, that's what you're talking about when he cried. And he was like, yeah. I'm just, just so happy yeah and you're like oh man like fuck yeah dude, you should have left it was hot and i was like this Meh. yeah i was like oh man he's really happy to be back in philly like I was, I it was so did, the, did the magician kicker get you better tickets than mark sanchez two, two times he's gotten us tickets now and two times yes both times yeah you know why because he didn't butt fumble they give him better <laughs> he was dead on now this part of the show, i'm glad you did the show jay you know i love you Dude, I love you too, man. I miss you. This part of the show, we do a, uh, a segment called Cutting Down the Nets. You know, like in a championship game, yep. you cut down the nets. So something in your life that you cut down the nets to, that you uh, that you want, you know, anything in your life that you, it's like a cut down the nets moment. It can be sports related or not. Oh, I was, this is a great sports related one time where I thought I was going to get to cut the net. Uh, and it's when, <laughs> how, how little respect I got for being a white, a white kid who could actually, especially, I don't, look, I'm sure now I have the wind and stuff or whatever, but like I was deep basketball was my game. I wasn't very good at football or anything, you know, like it wasn't my sport. Basketball is my sport. And I got excited when I first started coming to New York to do comedy, we were doing the black rooms pretty much primarily. Yeah. And what we did was, uh, uh, Sunday nights at the Boston, Yeah. you know, when it was talent and will talent and will, yeah. Would run the Boston thing. And they were the, the kind of the, the headers of like, hey, let's start a Chelsea Piers basketball league team with the comics from here. And uh, it was Matt Frost. They all let him play because he was their manager, Manager, agent, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But besides that, it was Talent, who was okay. It wasn't Sunset Park out there. Yeah, he's not the best, no. He was all right. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brick could play a little bit. Mike Yark could play a little bit. Uh, Rudy, Rudy Rush could play a little bit. Rudy got some game. Rudy got some handle. Uh, when Kev would come play, Kev could play. Yeah, Kev uh, got game. Uh, but I, I could play for okay. sure. Yeah. I could play. And, and I was like, uh, and they would give me like a ridiculous low amount. Of time. And I'm coming up from Philly to do this. Me and Kev right. come from Philly. Right. So like I paid the money and everything. I'm like, I'm like, I'm barely getting playtime. So I'm like, when I get in there, I would try to like make something happen. And it's not even part of my game at all. But like I would tend to. If there was like a fast break going, I would tend to cherry pick on defense, not offense. Right. No one gets many cherry picking on defense. Right. Because you're like keeping a person back. So yeah. I would try to do that. And I was like, maybe I'll make a defensive thing though. And someone stole the ball from somebody on the other team. And and they were running down for a fast break on us. And I summoned all of my fucking fat athleticism. And I mean, ran this guy down into the gym and I blocked right. his layup from behind and it like slapped into the wall and was yes and the benches got up and we're like cheer and they came all came over and high fived me whatever and, and then I just hear talent go Jay out and like he just took me out of the house <laughs> he let me get one thing in I was like in my mind I was like they're gonna be like now I'm probably gonna be a starter <laughs> like, they're probably gonna make me a starter at this point and there's no, nothing they couldn't have given a shit <laughs> 
<laughs> took you right out. But keep in, mind, keep, in mind, up basketball. keep in mind also how humiliated I feel is I'm by far the biggest person on the team as far as fat. Right. And, and they just got, you know, it's one of the, my nightmare all through high school too is this. Like, all right, everybody, pick your number. Here's the shirts that are all the same size or a couple extra larges. And then, so I believe I was wearing my own T-shirt and cut the entire sides and sleeves off of that T-shirt and nice. safety pinned it to my shirt. <laughs> like fucking marathon numbers almost. I had the fucking, I had the like punky Brewster. <laughs> so I'm dressed like an idiot. A patchwork jersey? A patchwork jersey because they didn't have my side. And I would have been there. I, they already thought I couldn't play. To walk out there with a fucking <laughs> ill-fitting tit hugging shirt that wouldn't have worked out you lucky you got the two minutes to block the shot <laughs> yeah no shit holy shit what can people find you jay plug your uh, plugs uh, big j okerson on all social media i got a lot of stuff going out there now in these times and then uh bigjcomedy.com is all my dates i'm trying to do some residency one-nighters in places that i can drive to in this time so you going inside a room and performing I did it in Indianapolis and it was a mistake. It was a fun, fun weekend, but it was a mistake. Just when I came back, my nerves of just like, what did I just do between airports and everything? It ain't worth it right now. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody else to get sick. Uh, you know, also these things are happening. Uh, so what I'm doing is there are outdoor shows at Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I have some one nighters and Phillies on the books, but we have to, they keep changing their capacity level. So we have to see, but, but uh, and I'm doing next weekend, the 25th through the 7th, I'm doing the outside. I'm going to try Vinnie Brand's thing. He's got stress. Oh, yeah, I heard he's got a whole outdoor thing going on. So, so yeah. we'll see how it goes. And I'll give it a shot. You know, I mean, like the, the fans, at least the nice thing about having fans at this point is like the audience isn't really full of like, we just came to a comedy show. It's mostly fans. So, yeah, that's always a little more forgiving. Yeah. Than true. just like, hey, you want to do an outside comedy show where right. people have just come? It's like when it's fans, they're like, they're going to be excited that you're there. So, like, it, it'll be nice. And I'm, it, even at its worst, I'm sure it'll be like fun. Yeah. If it's outside, I said comedy is the new wrestling because everybody's doing it in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to hit you with a fluorescent light <laughs> over your head. Uh, small ball. Make sure y'all check out all episodes on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Hey. MC Rail, baby. Small ball. We got it. <laughs>